Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. Well, today we're going to do something just a little bit different because this is what we call um, Passion Week or the Holy Week. And so I want to talk about that just a little bit for us to understand what that is. And incidentally, we are on uh, Matthew chapter 21, which would be talking about the beginning of Passion Week because the beginning of Passion Week starts on a Sunday, which would have been um, the lesson that we're talking about uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 11, where it talks about the triumphal entry of Jesus coming uh, into Jerusalem and being de declared as king. So that is part of our lesson, but I just want to go a little bit deeper into it so that we understand what uh, is meant by the triumphal entry, not just the triumphal entry, but the Passion Week and the Holy Week. Amen. Amen. So let's just start with a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this special lesson on today. We ask that you would um, give me what to say and how to say it, oh God. Father, we can get a clear understanding as to everything that Jesus has done for us. Father, we can truly appreciate that you sent your only begotten son to die for our sins. We love you, we honor you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to start with that. And if we finish with uh, the explanation of what this week is, then we might start with our lesson on uh, Matthew chapter 21. But this is not really that much of a deviation from the lesson, but it's going to go deeper into what happened uh, to Jesus the last seven days of his life. So have you ever asked yourself, okay, what is this Passover all about? Uh, what is Palm Sunday? Um, uh, what and what is Holy Week? What is Passion Week? So those are the three things that we're going to be we're going to be uh, covering uh, during this time. Also, um, just actually getting into some really details about what happened each day of Jesus' last seven days here on this earth. What happened during his crucifixion? We're going to talk about the events that immediately followed his death. And we're going to talk about the different appearances that he made after he was resurrected. Because Jesus was on his earth for 40 days after he rose from the dead. And he appeared to a number of people. So we're going to uh, talk about that. So let's just jump into it because there's a lot of information to cover. And there's a lot of scriptures. Now I kind of did the homework for you. I, I, I got the information. <clears throat> so I'm not. we're not going to look up all the scriptures, but I will give them to you. And I would encourage you to go and read the scriptures for yourself uh, so that you can see for yourself uh, that we're coming right out of the Bible. And the information that I gathered, I got from the Strong's Concordance, and I, and I showed you guys the Strong Concordance that I use uh, oftentimes. Um, and from my old faithful, the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And that is a Bible that I um, bought when I was first saved at age 14. So that Bible is about 50 years old, but it is a good Bible. It has all kind of uh, references in there and uh, study information in that Bible. But anyway, that's where I got a lot of the information from. <clears throat> so anyway, we're talking about Passion Week or Holy Week. So Passion Week is it refers to the last week that Jesus was here on this earth. And it's called Passion Week because he was full of passion to fulfill his purpose that he came here to die for us, to cover our, all of our sins. 
And we can see some of that passion, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when it said he, he sweat great drops of blood. He was passionate about what he was doing, uh, that he loved it so much. And not only that, but the passion, uh, rep passion represents the suffering that he went through for us during this week. Amen. Especially, particularly on Friday, how he suffered. So Passion Week starts from Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday being this past Sunday. That And uh, it goes through to Resurrection Sunday, which is this coming Sunday. It's a seven-day period, and it's called the Passion Week. So what is Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday in um, Matthew chapter 21, Jesus actually uh, rode into Jerusalem on a cult. And we're going to get into this in more details next week because we have that lesson here. But I just want to give you the overall picture. Uh, but in Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 9, it talks about how Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a colt. Uh, and him riding on a colt or a young donkey, because a young donkey, uh, was showing his humility. How he came into Jerusalem showing his humility. And when he rode into Jerusalem, they took palm branches and they were waving the palm branches uh, you know, saying Hosanna to him, calling him uh, the Messiah. They recognized that he was the Messiah, that he was the king. And they uh, put these palm branches down in front of the donkey. And it, it was a, a, a way of showing their respect uh, to royalty. And as they put these palm branches down, they, they put their coats down as well. And Jesus was proclaimed the king when he came into Jerusalem. And... Uh, some of the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted him to tell the people to stop, uh, stop calling him that. You know, don't don't call him the son of David because saying the son of David was a messianic uh, prophecy. It was a, a it was a, a, a title given to the Messiah, and they were calling him the son of David. So Jesus said, "No, I'm not going to tell them to stop saying it because guess what? If they stopped calling me who I am and the son of David, the rocks are going to cry out for me. The rocks are going to say who I am." Jesus was powerful. So anyway, that was uh, Palm Sunday was uh, the first day that he went into Jerusalem and proudly and uh, loudly proclaimed, it's time, I'm here. And if you recall, a lot of the uh, people that he healed, Jesus would tell them, don't say anything, be quiet, because it wasn't time yet. So he would always tell them, don't tell anybody what I did, because he, it wasn't time. Because he knew once everybody knew and started proclaiming him as the true king, that it was going to be close to the time for his death. So he, since he knew that, uh, he didn't want people to say anything uh, when, when he the first time when he first started his ministry, the first few years. But now it's time. So he's aligned them to proclaim him as the Son of David, the Messiah, the King of the Jews. Okay, so in Jesus' first week, we're going to go through some of the dates of what happened. So on Sunday, which would have been Palm Sunday, we just talked about was the triumphal entry and remember it's called palm sunday because they were waving the palms and palms is, is a, a leaves of a, a particular tree so jesus enters humbly riding on a donkey and he was coming to jerusalem to observe the feast of passover he's honored and recognized with palm branches and coats laid before his path he's recognized and called the son of david and again that's in matthew 21 verse 1 through 9 it's also in mark luke and john and Zechariah 9, 9, you want to read that because that's in an Old, an Old Testament scripture that confirms uh, confirms that he was going to come into Jerusalem riding lowly on a donkey. So 
Sunday, he wrote, introduced him on a donkey. Monday, Jesus cursed the fig tree and he cleansed the temple. And why did he have to cleanse the temple? Because remember, Jesus is coming to Jerusalem around the time for the Feast of Passover. Um, let's just pause here and talk about Passover for a minute because the Feast of Passover was a Jewish feast that they celebrated once a year. And in this Feast of Passover, the Jews were celebrating the fact that God had delivered them from Egypt, from the bondage of Egypt. So the Jews celebrated this Feast of Passover uh, by eating unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is bread without yeast. And that uh, represented the fact that they had to leave Egypt in a hurry so they didn't have time to put yeast in their bread or time for the bread to rise. So they had to eat it without, uh, you know, flat bread. Unleavened bread. They ate um, bitter herbs. The bitter herbs represented the hardship that they were going through in Egypt. And they uh, had a roasted lamb. And the lamb represented the blood. I know many I know many of us saw the Ten Commandments when they had to put blood on the doorpost. And the blood that they put on the doorpost was so that the angel of death would pass over their home. Because the last plague, if you remember, was the plague of the death of the firstborn. So in order for the firstborn to... Um, to not die, the Israelites' uh, children did not die. Um, they had put blood on their doorposts, and when the death angel passed by and saw the blood on their door, it would pass by them. So thus the word Passover, the feast of Passover, because the death angel passed over them, okay? So that's what that's all about. And incidentally, we still celebrate um, the Passover. We celebrate it in a different way. The Christians celebrate Passover uh, the Jews celebrated pretty much the same, but the Christians celebrate Passover uh, by Jesus when he instituted a, a new way to celebrate it just before he died, when he ate the Last Supper with his uh, disciples. Uh, after he celebrated the Passover meal with them, because that's what he went to Jerusalem for, when they went up a room, this is just before he was getting ready to die. Um, he then, and this is going to be on Thursday, so I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. Um, so, well, let's, let's, let's go, let's go a little bit further. So anyway, Sunday, because I don't want to jump too far ahead and get, get confused here, get everybody confused. Sunday, he was at the triumphal entry where he wrote in Jerusalem on the donkey. Uh, Monday, Jesus cursed the fig tree and he cleansed the temple. And he cleansed the temple because there were people there. Remember, it's time for the Feast of Passover. So uh, a lot of the Jews make a journey all the way to Jerusalem to celebrate this Feast of Passover. And there was a, a temple fee that they had to pay. So if they had to exchange their money for a half shekel so they could have the money for the temple fee. And the people that were there were getting rich on them basically by charging them uh, high fees to exchange their money for them to have the temple fee. And since they traveled so far, many of them were buying their animals once they got to Jerusalem as opposed to bringing a, a, a sheep or, or whatever all the way from home, they would purchase it once they got to Jerusalem. Well, they were charging high prices for the animals to sacrifice uh, for the people there. So Jesus came and saw what they were doing. He said, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer and you made it a den of thieves. And he overturned the money tables. Okay, so then that was on Monday. On Tuesday, there were a lot of teaching and events that took place on Tuesday, um, such as the, he talked about the widow's might, the 10 virgins. He talked about uh, uh, a lot of other parables and teachings. This is where on Tuesday when Mary anointed him with oil, getting him ready for his burial. 
And Tuesday is also when um, Judas had agreed to betray Jesus. He had met secretly with the council and decided to betray Jesus. So a lot of teaching went on on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, uh, we didn't have anything recorded on Wednesday. We couldn't find anything recorded on Wednesday. And Monday and Tuesday were so busy. So perhaps Jesus was tired and maybe he rested on, on Wednesday. Now, Thursday was another big day. Thursday was where he ate the Passover meal with his disciples. And I just explained to you what they ate for the Passover meal, the lamb, the bitter herbs uh, that they ate in the unleavened bread. Um, so he ate the Passover meal with his disciples. Um, he also instituted the Lord's Supper. So he also changed it up a little bit and took the bread and the wine and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And uh, the wine said, this is the wine of my blood that is shed for you. So he changed it up. And this is what we celebrate when we take communion. We take, we take partake of his body and his blood, celebrating the fact of Jesus dying for us. So also um, on this day, Thursday, Jesus gave like his last final major speech to his disciples. And he gave an intercessory prayer for his disciples and not just for his disciples, but for us as well, who would believe later on. And you can read about all that in John chapter 14, uh, verse 1 through chapter 17, verse 26. You really should read that because I mean, how many people know when you're getting ready to die, you want you got a lot to say to the people that you're not going to see for a while. And he had a lot to say to his disciples. Um, also on Thursday, Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is where he was arrested on Thursday. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed, remember, and uh, he prayed three times, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And I think I mentioned this to you this before that I don't think he was praying because he didn't want to die. He wasn't saying, don't let me die. But he was saying that I don't want to be separated from you. I've been, you know, I've been one with you all this time. And because he was going to become sin for us for a brief moment in time, he would have to be separated from God. God would have to turn his face from him because he was representing the sin. He was taking on our guilt. He's taking on our condemnation. Uh, so he was, uh, I believe that's what his agony in the garden was all about. But yet he said, not my will, but thine be done. And how do we know that that's, that happened? Because even on the cross, uh, Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He would not have said that if he didn't feel alone and if he didn't feel forsaken. But it was just for a brief moment because God is going to raise him from the dead and he's going to be resurrected after he fulfilled what he came to do, which was to die for our sins, to become sin for us. So after they arrested him in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, he's taken to, uh, to Anas, A-N-N-A-S, who was a, high, well, a previous high priest. Um, I'm not sure why they took him to Anas first, because the established high priest was Caiaphas. So anyway, they took him to Anas, and then they took him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Uh, Caiaphas, uh, the high priest, you know, had words with him. They took him to his home. And actually, this was an illegal meeting because they're not supposed to meet unless it's in the daytime. And it was it was at night. And while he's at Caiaphas meeting with the high priest and he's asking him questions, then Peter, we have uh, where we see where Peter denied him three times. It said, because God, Jesus told him uh, when they were at the Lord's Supper, he said, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And, you know, a lot of people wonder about this cock crowing. But when I looked up the things about the cock crowing, uh, People don't really know why, but they're assuming that when the cock starts crowing is when the first streak of light uh, reaches their eyes and, and it's like something different. All of a sudden, they, they're, they're going to crow. So when you look at when this, when he said, before the cock crows, 
Think of it as says, before morning time comes, you're going to deny me three times. Before the morning comes, you're going to deny me three times. And that's exactly what happened. You find that in Matthew chapter 26, verse 34. So all this happened on Thursday. On Friday, Jesus condemned, um, he condemned, he was condemned before the council and Judas committed suicide on Friday. So there's some things that happened on Friday. And Friday, he went before, when we said the council, he went before the whole Jewish council, the, the, the who's who uh, that's supposed to rule over the Jewish people. Uh, he went before them in the daytime. This time it was a legal hearing. And they condemned him to death. But they couldn't kill him, so they're going to have to take him uh, to Pilate in order for, to get that sentence carried out. So then Jesus appeared before Pilate the first time. Then Pilate found out that Jesus had lived in Galilee for a while. So Jesus sent, I mean, so Pilate sent Jesus to Herod. Uh, Herod was excited to see him because he had heard all the news about him and he wanted him to do a miracle. Well, let, me, let me see what you can do. And Jesus didn't do anything like that for him. And then so Herod sent him back to Pilate. So he went to Pilate the second time. This time, um, Pilate couldn't find anything wrong with him, but I think in order to please the people, he had him beat, had Jesus flogged. Um, and when he beat him, he had a whip and the whip had, you know, like a, I think it was like a couple of um, uh, strings on the whip. And at, and at the end of each part of the whip, there was, um, one translation said there were uh, lead tips on the whip. So you imagine lead tips beating you in your back. And every time that lead tip going to your back, it's going to pull up some of your meat and pull up your skin. So he was beat pitifully. He was mocked by the Romans. They spit on him. They hit him in the head. They mocked him by putting a crown of thorns on his head. And then they gave him a rod to, to like, okay, this is, this is going to be your kingly rod. And they put a cloak on him and, you know, was mocking him. Hail, king of the Jews and, and that whatnot. They blindfolded him. And when they blindfolded him, they took the rod and they would hit him, hit him over the head. And then they would ask him, who hit you? You know, like prophesy, who hit you? Uh, this is what our Savior went through for us. And yet he submitted to it. And he didn't have to, but he did. So after they got finished playing and, and uh, mocking him, then he was led over. Pilate turned him over to them to be led to be crucified. So on the, cru on the crucifixion, when he was crucified on the cross, according to the information I found, it was 9 a.m., which was the third hour. And you find that in Mark chapter 15, verse 25. The third hour, he was crucified, which would have been 9 a.m. Uh between 9 a.m. and 12 noon, Jesus spoke a couple of words. He, The first thing he spoke was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You find that in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Uh, during this time, between 9 and 12 noon, the soldiers uh, gamble for his garments. You have people that are uh, passing by. The people that are passing by, the chief priests and the soldiers were all mocking him. Tell me, yeah, get down off the cross. You said you can build a temple in three days. Why don't you get off the cross? You can save others, but you can't save yourself. You know, just taunting him. You know, show us that you're supposed to be the son of God. Uh, so they're, they're mocking him. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's what they were doing. And you find that in Matthew chapter 27, verse 39 through 40. It's also in Mark and Luke. Uh, and also on 
these between these hours of nine and twelve when he was on the cross, the two thieves you had the two thieves that decide to chime in, and one of the thieves were mock, was mocking him as well. Said, "Okay, you, you know that's who you're supposed to be," and I'm paraphrasing, but that's who you're supposed to be. Save yourself and save us too. And the other thief uh, recognized who Jesus was because he told him, he said, "You know, rec uh, when you come into your kingdom, remember me." And he actually checked the other thief from, from what he was saying. He said, we deserve this, but he doesn't deserve this. And um, so Jesus' first saying was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now his second saying was to this thief that said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus told him, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Today. That's in Luke 23, 43. And then the next thing he spoke was to his mother and to John, his friend. A fellow disciple he said woman behold thy son son behold thy mother in other words john take care of my mom paraphrasing so then between the hours of 12 noon and three o'clock p.m there was darkness that covered the whole earth so from 9 to 12 all that happened that i just told you about and then from 12 noon to 3 p.m a thick darkness covered the earth an unusual darkness, an unnatural darkness that people hadn't seen before. So this was a supernatural thing. And during this, this dark time, Jesus said his last four sayings. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He said, I thirst. He said, it is finished. And he said, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. He gave up, he died. So immediately following his death, there was an earthquake. And the temple was the the veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom. That was supernatural. Some of the graves opened, and some saints were resurrected and was seen by many in Jerusalem. So graves actually opened, and some saints were resurrected, and it was confirmed because they were seen in Jerusalem. They went to the city. What also happened immediately after that, after he died, was some of the Roman soldiers start believing because they, they witnessed this gross darkness and now they're witnessing the earthquake. And so they're in awe with their mouth open. This really was the son of God. You know, they, they're believing it. People in the crowd felt the same way. Uh, some of them felt sadness, you know, because oh, he, you know, he must have been telling the truth. This really was the son of God. So all that happened, and then Pilate gives permission uh, because remember the Sabbath is right around the corner. So Pilate gives them permission to um, to break the legs of the thieves. They said, you know what, we, we don't want, because the thing about breaking their legs was that when you're hanging on the cross, on the crucifixion, if you still have your legs, you can push yourself up and you can you can still breathe a little bit longer when it gets too much for you. You know, you can, you can still make yourself so you can breathe. And so your death, is prolonged, it lasts longer before you die. Well, the people wanted to get ready for the Sabbath, which was going to be Saturday, that next day, and they didn't want the thieves hanging overnight and being there for the Sabbath day. So they asked Pilate if they could break their legs. Pilate gave them permission to break their legs, and um, they broke the two thieves' legs. When they got ready to break Jesus' legs, they saw that he was already dead. So instead of breaking his leg, and that actually was according to prophecy that said none of his bones would be broken. But they, um, they, they didn't break Jesus' legs because he was already dead, but they pierced him in the side, and out of his side came blood and water. So then uh, Joseph of Arimathea 
was a rich man. He was actually part of the council member. He was a secret follower of Jesus, but he was afraid of his, his, his buddies. So he didn't make it known that he believed what Jesus was saying. But he went and he asked for the body of Jesus. So they gave Joseph the body of Jesus and he put Jesus in a new tomb that no one had ever been in and uh, prepared Jesus' body for that burial. And uh, then they sealed the tomb. They sealed the tomb because the Jews were saying, well, you know, Jesus was saying he was going to be resurrected in three days. And I'm paraphrasing. He's going to be resurrected in three days. So to make sure that his disciples don't come and do anything or take his body and try and prove that he resurrected, let's seal the tomb and let's put guards there. So Pilate allowed them to do that. And, you know, they sealed the tomb and they put guards there. That was not going to stop him. Because here is Sunday morning. I heard this sermon once said it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. Sunday morning came. So then on Sunday morning, you have Mary Magdalene and um, uh, another Mary and Mary uh, and Salome, S-A-L-O-M-E. Salome was the mother of James and John. So they all went to the tomb. They went to the tomb Sunday morning. This is after a whole day passed pass, pass for the Sabbath because nobody can do any. You can't do any work on the Sabbath. So he died on Friday. He's buried on Friday. Saturday came. Uh, you know, they celebrate the Sabbath. Then Sunday morning, these women came to the tomb to um, anoint Jesus. And so on, on their way to the tomb, they're having this conversation. Well, who's going to roll the stone away for us? You know, blah, blah, blah. And by the time they got there, an angel, there was an earthquake, and an angel came down and rolled the stone away for them. So the Lord, you know, can hear their conversation. The angel rolled the stone away for them. Not for Jesus. Jesus was already gone. Because when they came and looked in, they saw the angel and said, he's not even here. He's already risen. He didn't roll the stone away for Jesus to get out because Jesus didn't have to, uh, you know, help have somebody help him move the stone. He was a spirit now. He, Jesus was already gone. He rolled the stone away so the women could see that he's gone. He's not here. And he also told the women to go and tell uh, his disciples to meet him in Galilee because he's already risen. So after getting the message from, uh, from Mary... Peter and John ran to the tomb to see for themselves that Jesus had resurrected. Uh, and then the guards, remember the guards were, were stationed there in front of the tomb. Well, after the guards went and told the chief priest what happened, the chief priest paid the guards to lie and say that the disciples came while we were asleep and they stole his body away. Now, if you're sleeping, you can't see somebody stealing something. So that right there was a big lie. But they 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 pay, they took the money and they they told that lie that somebody stole the disciples came and stole his body away at night while we were asleep. Okay, so now after his resurrection, Jesus was on the earth for forty days and he appeared to a number of people. And I'm just going to name the people that he appeared to. And there's scripture for all of this. I haven't taken time to give you all the scripture, but there are there's scripture for all of this. Uh, but he appeared to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to other women. He appeared to two disciples. This is after his resurrection. It's all the people that saw him after he rose from the dead. He appeared to Peter. He appeared to 10 apostles without Thomas. Because remember, Thomas was the one that said, you know, unless I can put my hand uh, in, his, in the holes in his hand and touch his feet, I'm not going to believe it. Uh, and you can find that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 9, and in uh, Mark 16 and Luke 24. Uh, most of the Gospels, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 5. So then on Sunday, now this, the, the day, all those ones that I just named to you that he appeared to, uh, he appeared to them the same day on Sunday when he rose from the dead, that very day. 
Mary Magdalene, two disciples, Peter, ten disciples, and other women. A week later, he appeared to 11 of the apostles, this time with um, Thomas was present. And Thomas got to see that he had really rose from the dead. Then he appeared, and it, they don't know, not sure when exactly he appeared, but he appeared to the seven disciples that were fishing, and he helped them to uh, catch a lot of fish, and he actually ate with them. And that was, you find that in John 21, verse 24. Then he appeared to 11 apostles again in Galilee. That's in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 and 17. Uh, date unknown. Then also another place in date unknown, but it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, where he appeared to 500 brethren at one time. So then finally on Ascension Day, the day that he ascended to go to, to uh, go back to his father, the after the 40 days were over, because this was all during the 40-day period after he rose from the dead, that he appeared to all these people. So the 40th day after his resurrection, uh, Jesus appeared to his 11 apostles again. And you find that in Acts chapter 1, verse 2 through 9. And then we know that just before he went up in Mark 28, verse 18 to 20, he gave the Great Commission go into all the world, preaching, uh, telling everybody about him. The Great Commission that not, it was not only for the disciples, but was for us as well. So anyway, I hope that gives you some kind of understanding of what uh, week we are in right now. This is called the Passion Week. This is the week that Jesus suffered. Uh, Palm Sunday was this past Sunday. Resurrection Sunday is coming up this coming Sunday. So this gives you an idea of everything that Jesus went through uh, why he was here. And hopefully it'll help us to reflect on the fact of all that he did for us. He gave up his life for us without a, without a mumbling word. He didn't complain about it. The only complaint he had was because he was going to be separated from his father. I don't believe he wanted to do that, but he knew it was necessary. And he still said, not my will, but thine be done. And then recognize that God loves us so much that God actually came down in the form of Jesus. Because of the sin problem, because it had to be resolved, he came down in the form of Jesus to redeem us back to him. Because of what Adam and Eve did, led us into sin, we need to be redeemed. And Jesus came to redeem us. He was the answer to the sin problem. Thank God for Jesus. Just recognize that all he did for us, he's so awesome, he's so mighty. And just love on him and appreciate him and thank him, amen, for all that he has done for us. He is the answer to the sin problem. So anybody out there that doesn't know Christ, he's your answer. He's the one that's going to help you. He's the one that's going to answer all your problems. Uh, does that mean you're not going to have problems? No, it doesn't. We'll still have problems, but he'll be there with us. He said, I'm with you always, even to the end. So go on my page if you have not. And uh, there's a playlist on my page called Read the Bible with Elvin Linda. It's uh, the YouTube channel. And if you go on that YouTube channel and go to, uh, there's a couple of videos there. The first one's called The Sinner's Prayer. And the second one's called Teaching About Salvation. And both of those videos, one, one will lead you to Christ and tell you why you need Jesus in the first place. And the second video about teaching, teaching about salvation will give you all the scriptures that you need to understand what he has done for us. So let's appreciate him this week. During this Passion Week, remembering all that he suffered for us. Let's just thank him for everything he did. Amen. Let's just close in a word of prayer. And hopefully that helps you to understand what's going on uh, this week. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done for us, oh God. Father, we know we don't say it enough, Lord Jesus. Lord, we don't want to take you for granted because you've done so much for us. Had you not died for us, oh God, we'd all be doomed to hell. We just thank you, God. We thank you for coming down here in the form of your son, Jesus, and saving us. I ask that you bless everyone at the sound of my voice. Father, if there's anyone out there that don't know you as a personal Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that you would prick their heart, that you cause them to see that they need you, O oh God, and that you love them with an everlasting love, and that you would move heaven and earth for them, O oh God. We thank you, we honor you, and we praise you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, and I'll see you next week, and we'll be on Matthew chapter 21.